Putin, Putinia. It rhymes. Christina Putini, Putinia. It's like Putinia. It's like Putin. Yeah. Putin. T e e n. Christina Putinia. Why would you name your child Christina when your last name is pronounced Putinia? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I am Hannah Beavis, here with your co-host, Michelle J. Michelle, what's going on? Not much. Um, just ate a cookie. I was going to say, do you want to tell our listeners what you were doing 15 seconds before we started recording? Yeah, eating a cookie and trying to figure out how to describe it. Um, they're like homemade snickerdoodle cookies but we don't have like one of those electric mixers or like a stand mixer to cream the butter and sugar Mm. so chris had to do it by hand only for me to find out because i was laying on the couch that he doesn't know what that means (laughs) because he's never made cookies from scratch before so um it just like and he doesn't really bake a lot or like bake things that need like exact recipes you know, like crisps and crumbles and like cakes out of boxes don't really like need precise measurements where like cookies straight from scratch need a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So he like didn't put all the butter in because he like didn't want to take a new stick out of the freezer. <laughs> so he what? was like, he was like, okay. it called for like a stick and a half and I used like a, uh, a stick and a quarter and I used like a stick and a nub. And I was like, okay, but like. Did you, like, substitute anything else in for it? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, well, that's why the cookies are so crumbly. <laughs> I mean, they're good. They taste great. It's just... That's a little dry. Yeah, I got to work on him with his knowing when you can sub and sub sub stuff in and sub stuff out. And I can't... Yeah. I'm still caught up on the, the fact that he had to cream it by hand. I don't even know how you would do that. You just use a fork. It, it wasn't that long, bad. It took a long time. Um, less time than whipping cream for homemade whipped cream. Mm. Um, he wasn't quite sure what it was supposed to look like. So I jokingly said, well, why don't I, like I was on the, I was on the couch and he was in the kitchen, which has a wall between them. And I was like, well, why don't you just FaceTime me? Like joking. Mm -hmm. And so he FaceTimed me and I was like, (laughs) I'm literally 10 feet away from you. Like walk through the door and like come show me. You told him to FaceTime you. I, yeah, I, I didn't realize I had to be like, I'm joking about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I proceeded to drink like half a bottle of water. Hannah was like, are you ready? And I was like, gulp, 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 gulp. It was just like quiet except for like swallowing noises. And then you were like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. And so then we got ready again. And then there was more gulping noises. And you were like, okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> now I'm good. Um, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I don't have cookies, which makes me a little bit sad. Mm. But, you know, otherwise, 
doing pretty good. The weather's nice out here, which is good. That's good. My apartment's in that weird spot where, like, it's a little cold, but it's not quite cold enough to turn the heat on again. So I'm just kind of stuck. It's very annoying. That's unfortunate. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Are you drinking anything? I'm not drinking anything. I keep forgetting to get stuff. I'm going to start um, scheduling you text reminders the night before Yeah. to well, go so get alcohol. I was going to – so, like, yesterday was Columbus Day. And it's like it's a federal holiday, so Chris had the day off, which is rare. Mm-hmm. So it like threw me off because usually I go grocery shopping on Monday, and there's a liquor store right next door, and I was like mm-hmm. mentally noting like, okay, get this stuff, and then forgot that Chris was going to be home all day, and it just like completely threw me off my game. Mm. And so I, I mean, I have beer, but like I don't really feel like beer tonight, and I don't have wine, so. I'm, once again, not drinking for a podcast, which is named after drinking. Um, I really need to step up my game. I have the hiccups. It happens every episode. I know. I mean, I have tequila, but, like, <laughs> Michelle. that seems a little bit much for Tuesday night. Um, you don't have to put a lot of tequila in something. You just a little, a little bit. But I don't have anything to put it in. Just take a shot and be done. No. <laughs> Hard A little pass. shot. A little shot. No. Um, Baby shot. Take a shot with the cookies. Um, oh, I have those. I have like a... But the other thing is that I haven't really eaten. Like since okay. lunch. I've eaten. Michelle. Like, I had lunch and so I'm waiting. And like Chris is coming home late. So I have like a tiny snack to hold me over until dinner after the podcast. I worry even if I have a baby shot of tequila that but you like know what that's fair fall over um no but I will definitely because it's getting like I think I said this last week too it's getting like apple cider with brum mm-hmm. weather so I'll do that this weekend I promise I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast last week my roommate got a bottle of wine with maple flavoring yeah because i called it nasty wine yeah okay so we did have this discussion okay yeah. it's not a familiar and we talk yeah. about all the gross things you drink drink yes drunk <laughs> we got rid of it we gave it to somebody else so <laughs> somebody somebody likes it and is going to drink it so it's no longer in our apartment you're just that's mean no, they, they liked it. it. We asked. We were like, listen, take a, take a drink of this, and if you like it, you can have it. And if you don't, we'll get rid of it. And they were like, yeah, it's great. And I was like, okay, good for you. Human out there in the world that probably doesn't listen to this who likes whatever nasty maple syrup wine Hannah gave you, you're it weird. Really, it really didn't taste a lot like maple. It was just a very strange aftertaste. And so I like it was. I think if we had mixed it maybe with apple cider and done kind of an apple cider... Uh, like sangria kind of deal it would have been okay but you just you were gonna we were gonna have to mask it so that you almost couldn't taste it which at that point that's the point of having it yeah at that point just like get something else yeah um i'm tricky for the both of us though i've got i think it's the same thing i had last week i've got malibu rum and orange juice and cranberry juice oh yeah you're it's still summer drink I finished a bottle of wine yesterday, and I didn't want to open another one, mm. so and I just went with the same old one. I haven't had time to go and get other stuff. So, the old sore today. Did, did you do anything? Yeah, I mean, like, the Pride have two games 
last weekend, next weekend, and the weekend before. And then I played tennis yesterday. Oh. I'm just like very sore. I like breathe weird and my sides hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So bizarre. I love it. Um, Speaking of pride, that leads really nicely into our toast this week if you want to go first. I'll go first. Yeah. I am toasting McKenna Brand um, in Sunday's game. She scored a hat trick in 13 minutes, and um, which in itself is cool. But I also thought it was cool because she had assists from – she had primary assists from three different teammates, Jillian Dempsey, Kaylee Fatkin, and Christina Putinia. Um, I did it. I'm proud of yeah, myself. very good. Uh, which, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool because how often do you see someone get a, like – Hatrick, not only in less than a period. Well, yeah, and it wasn't just in 13 minutes. It was the first 13 minutes yeah. of the game. I was like, holy shit, if she's got a hat-trick before the first period is over, then what the hell is the score of this game going to be? Also, how many goals does she get to score? Yeah. Like, damn. Um, those are the only three she scored. but Still impressive. Yeah, it was very impressive. Uh, score was only 8-1? to 9-1? 8-1? 8-1? 8-1. And she was, had her, um, I thought at first it was a natural hat trick until I remember that um, the Butte scored after her second goal. Oh, so that close. sucks. You score a hat trick 13, in 13 minutes and it's still not a natural hat trick yeah. because the other team scored. Oh, so close. That's brutal. Um, who are you toasting this week? I'm toasting Tiffany Sue. Uh, the goalie, she just signed with the Buffalo Buttes. She is the 100th member uh, of the NWHL to sign this season. Um, and she's a member of the Chinese Taipei national team. Um, and so I wanted to toast her for, like, being a milestone signee in more ways than one. And I hope she gets some playing time, even though the Buttes have, like, a really solid goaltender in Fuji Machari. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how much time she's going to get, but... I was excited that she signed with the team. So, cheers to her. Cheers. Um, yeah, they do have a solid goaltender. Even when um, Mariah came out of Sunday's game after five goals, um, I think it was after five goals, and Kelsey Newman came in and, and did let up, I think, three. Um, she still made some really good saves. Mm-hmm. Looked impressive in net, which was good. Good to yeah, see. Yeah, they've... Both of them are good, like tandem. I think depending on how good the defense is in front of you, there's only so much a goaltender can do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so this episode is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. Um, we tweeted out last week that we were going to be doing a mailbag episode. So we have a bunch of questions that people tweeted uh, at us that we're going to try and work our way through. We're going to see if we can get to as many as we can, but... We're just going to see where the conversation takes us. Do you want to start with Sydney's question? Since we were just talking about the Buttes. Yes. Uh, Sydney Koontz at SydneyKZ12 on Twitter uh, tweeted, Not so much a question, more of a plea. Is there hope for the Buttes this season? And after this weekend, my gut instinct is to say no. But... I mean... I, I don't I don't think no. Um, I think one, it's a little early in the season to kind of count them out completely. Um, 
especially considering, uh, I know you asked about the Buttes, Sydney, but especially considering how the Riveters came back on Sunday to beat um, mm-hmm. the Whitecaps in overtime after being thoroughly beat down on Saturday. I think that kind of shows that there's maybe not necessarily more parity in the league than we thought, but an unpredictability level in the league than we hadn't necessarily thought of before or necessarily have seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do think will be tough for the Buttes um, is that they are giving up a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, in their first game of the season back on like October 5th or 6th, I think it was the 5th, uh, Fujimujari saw 30 shots. And then this weekend she saw um, 45 shots on Saturday. Jeez. And um, the stats online weren't correct, but the Buttes goaltender saw 42 shots on Sunday. Um, and that's not even counting the amount of shots the Buttes defenders block, uh, which in both um, both games this weekend was double digits. I think it was like 19 and 15 this weekend in each game. Um Many. Which is, it's a significant number. So basically, if you just add those to that, it's, you know, your goaltender seeing almost 60 shots a game, which that in and of itself is something to worry about. Uh, the first weekend, they when Fujimajari saw 30 shots against the Whale, against a team like the Whale, you're going to eke out a win there. Um, but against a team like the Pride, mm-hmm. Getting only one goal, one or two goals, and giving your goaltender sixty plus shot, uh, giving yeah, giving your goaltender sixty plus looks is never gonna end very well for you. No, and I, I think too, like we've seen this with the Buttes, a different iteration of the Buttes team with the Isabel Cup win um, with Brianne McLaughlin. Like if you have a goalie that stands on her head, you can steal a few games and like Newman and Fujimajari have both, I think proven that they're capable enough to do that. Um, if they're on top of their game, but Michelle, like what Michelle, what you mentioned about the shot count, that is really concerning. And I think that's probably the biggest factor right now that I don't anticipate the bees will be at the top of the league this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the first weekend when you're playing against a goaltender who's relatively new, you know, whale goaltender um, Sonia Shelley only saw 15 shots in the whole game and didn't stop two of them. Yeah. And still gave the, um, still gave the Buttes the win because the Buttes got an empty net goal to win three to one. But, you know, in, against a team like the Pride, like I said, getting only, I don't even know, like, um, like 20 shots. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the box scores as fast as I can, and it's, it's failing pretty hard. Um, mm. You know, they got 20 shots on Saturday and 27 on Sunday, which is obviously better than they did against the Whale, but still, when you have a goaltender like um, Lovisa Solander, 20 yeah. to 27 shots still isn't going to do much for you. Well, and even if it's not a goalie like Solander, like – 20 or fewer shots in the game is not going to get you a win. Yeah. Like, 
and and we don't know how high quality the shots were mm-hmm. at all right so they could be like perimeter shots not really with any traffic in front like that's that's got to change in quick um so um that's a long way to say is there hope yes but the defense needs to buckle down a little more and not let the other team control the play so much mm-hmm. that's a hard maybe yeah um, moving on, uh, Mike Murphy at dig the BSB on Twitter asked, who do you think will win best defender in the NWHL this year? Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm pulling out the stats charts because I need to see. You know, it's still, it's still so early prep for this. I still, I never came up with a good answer for this one. Because it's a tough, it's a tough question. Like, part of me wants to say, well, not part of me, most of me, wants <laughs> to say the two, one of the two Buttes, um, uh, where are they from? Canadians? No. <laughs> that other country. The one Slovakian? Yes, yeah, Slovakian. One of the two Slovakian defenders mm. will win it. Um, uh, Lenka scored the first goal of the season for the Buttes and for the league Um, and then Iveta 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 I can't say her last name Um, Iveta Kilasimova that's probably right Iveta Kilasimova scored this weekend and had an assist in the first weekend um, with two points on the season so far. And, um, yeah, that's who I'm going to go with. Those are interesting, interesting picks. I don't know if I would have, I'm thinking, I'm looking at like probably a returner who would win best defender of the year. Um, Boulia, I think is an easy answer to go with right now. She's leading, um, in points. For Minnesota, and she was one of their standout players last year. But I think it depends on whether, when you're going for best defender, is it the player who scores the most points? Is it the best stay-at-home defender? Like, there's a few different ways I think that you can take it. And she's leading. Amanda Bouillet is leading the league in points and assists. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe it's a less it's a little cray cray for me. It's a, it's a less fun answer, I think, than yours. I think I'm going to... I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say Boulier. That's my answer. Um, Mike had also asked goaltenders and newcomers, which we had answered before. Mm-hmm. Not that we're ignoring you, Mike. We just we're answered not. already. That was an older question that we just threw in there. Um, he had another question. Uh, which national team has surprised you the most, good or bad, over the last four years? For me, I think it's Sweden. Yeah, I was going to say, can we answer that as, like, can we say Sweden or is that a cop-out? Well, because it's good or bad. And for me, like, I think I knew going into this Olympics that Sweden wasn't going to be, I think a lot of people looked at the 2014 Olympics and saw Sweden as being in the top four. But I don't think I had realized how far down the ladder they had fallen until watching them at Pyeongchang and like yeah 
There's just there's just not really a nice way to say it. They were awful. Um, as far as good, I know I'm trying to think of someone that has surprised me in a positive manner. I think Germany. Yeah. Has been pretty good. And like we saw when you and I were at the 2017 World Championships, they got fourth because their goalie was really good. Yeah. But I think the, the team as a whole has improved since then. I like Germany. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to say Switzerland, but I wouldn't say that they've surprised me more that they've kind of like met the expectations that I had for them. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I just said yeah so many times. But... <laughs> Matt Falkenberry uh, at Matt FPXP on Twitter. Um, Sorry. How excited are you both for Bataglino's return to the broadcast booth? This was a question I asked before the season started, but uh, I was very excited to hear Anya on the call. I think she's a really good voice to put in the broadcast. Uh, yeah, I was very excited too. I haven't had a chance to watch or listen to one of her games. Um, but I think anytime you can put a former player into the booth, it's super interesting. Um, that insight to me is invaluable. Not that not that non-former players um, can be, not that you have to be a former player to be in the booth. There we go. Right, right. But I just think um, it's, it's a, a fascinating perspective. You get um, you get a yeah you get a different perspective somebody who maybe like knows the players and yeah. the game in a different way than a fan or not I guess not a player would yeah um, and I think Alicia Forfar Aisha Aisha Forfar was on the PWHPA's Toronto broadcast as a color person as well and that mm-hmm. was interesting and you know they they can talk about the systems that the teams play they can talk mm-hmm. about how individual players play and. For me, as a fan, that's super fascinating to listen to. Um, I think, and I, I just think that it opens more doors in to stay in hockey for for women, which mm-hmm. is great because you know only the not everybody is going to be like Kendall Coyne Schofield and immediately be able to jump into a national broadcast um, like she did with a Shark Steel, mm-hmm. but. There are many voices out there that are competent and qualified to be color people, mm-hmm. color yeah. persons. I don't know, um, and I think that the having this opportunity is awesome. And I think also too, like not everybody is going to be comfortable in a booth, but yeah. Anya's like personality, I think, is is something that really showed through when I was listening to her on the broadcast. Like it's engaging. It's like she was very at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, on the call, which is exciting as a fan because you want to hear people who like know what they're talking about and can convey that information in an engaging way. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. which player will be the breakout star of the league? Also from Matt for the NWHL. Um, I'm gonna go with Carly Taze. She mm. is a Boston Pride rookie. Um who had a really great weekend. She is um, Canadian. She played at UNH last season. Uh, maybe not last season. She played at UNH, yeah, last, the last four seasons, where she was a little bit on the quieter side, 
Um, but in three games, she has four points. I think she's going to had flown under the radar um, and then kind of, I don't want to say like broke out this weekend, but um, really showed like what she can do this weekend. She's on a line with Lexi Lang and... Mm-hmm. Um, it was somebody that I was looking at for this question. She's on Although, a line with Lexi and Tori Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've they've never played together, and yet they looked great together this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. She had two goals in the first game? Yeah. Right? Saturday would be the first game? I think so. My brain is shot um yeah she had two goals in the first game and an assist on Lexi's goal uh, and then a goal on Sunday sorry I'm trying to read through the stats sheet as fast as I can while also talking and then a goal <laughs> on Sunday um and I think that line and and Carly really showed what they can do and I think she'll be a breakout star mm-hmm. under the radar breakout star there are a couple players on the prize that i'm looking forward to watch but i think my answer for this question is kendall corinne on mm. the riveters just because like i'm still not quite sure how the riveters are gonna do as a whole this season but they did come back after like a pretty thorough like loss um on in their first game of the weekend to come back and win 4-3 in overtime against Minnesota. Um, and Corinne was a big part of that. She scored twice in that in that win for them. And she, I know in their preseason game, she got a hat trick, I think, right? She is someone who has kind of been on my radar for a bit. And so I am excited to see how she does. Yeah, she'll be a fun one for sure. The mm-hmm. Riveters, I think that whole Riveters team will be very interesting to see how they look. Just because, like you said, they got... Like trying to beat trounced. Yeah, and they just did was, not was it, look good. It was nine to two on Saturday and they just got yeah. outskated, outplayed. Um their only two goals were really because Levier gave up rebounds um that she maybe should have handled. Uh, and they both came fairly I mean, Kate Leary's goal it was maybe the first or second shot that Levier had seen and she just mishandled the rebound and gave it right back to Leary. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with Moose's, uh, Moose's goal, the puck like bounced like over her kind of, I think. Yeah. Um, which is tough, but you know, for them to come back and win four to three in overtime is huge. And it's huge for them as a team on the first road trip to Minnesota, who they struggled with so much last season, even though they, both teams are very different teams, especially the Riveters. But I think that's just a good little good little boost confidence boost yeah which i think is really important especially after a loss that big Mm -hmm. to come back and get a win is crucial um sorry his other question was which riveters riveters rookie do you think will have the best season and i think i'm going to recycle my kendall corinne answer for that um fine (laughs) be that way I um who um I'm gonna say Kelly Hutchinson. Kelly mm. Hutchinson. Uh, I thought she was an interesting pick for the assistant. She got the A her rookie season. Um, she's been doing 
what seems like a lot of outreach for the league as well, which probably adds to why she got the seat, uh, the egg, excuse me. Um, but obviously there's something there that the, the team or the coaching staff saw. And I think she'll have a, she'll have a best season. She'll have a good season. <laughs> she'll have the best season. I guess, yeah, I guess, I think that's why I paused, is, I don't know, maybe she won't have the, I, I, I don't know if she'll have she'll the play, best. She'll play good. Yeah, she'll be one to watch. I'm going to revise that question to be, which Riveters rookie are you excited to watch? Okay. <laughs> Just going to completely change the question. I'm really glad that we asked our listeners for questions and then decided to change them on, on the podcast. Hey, we only changed to that one. Yeah, and it's, it's not, it's just Out of, it's the spirit of the question is still there. Yeah. Out of six we've answered so far. <laughs> We're rolling. The ice card is The ice card is Moving on. Uh, Matt, more books, more hockey. Um, I think it was more boo. I think it was. Oh, because it's October. It's October. Or boo, more hockey. Apologies. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now that the Swedish Federation has come to an agreement with the members of the national team, do you see the details of that agreement boosting Sweden back to prominence by the next Olympics, or will more time be needed? In parentheses, especially considering Leif Bork's legacy. Um, which this is, if you haven't uh, noticed or hadn't read anything by the time this episode goes out um, today, um, it was announced that the Swedish Federation had come to an agreement with the members of their national team. They'll be uh, start practicing again in November and we'll have a short um, tournament also in December, December against Switzerland, Finland, and Germany in Germany mm-hmm. in December. So um, I, I don't think they'll be back to prominence by the next Olympics. I think for me, it's what do you mean by prominence? Do I think, I don't think Sweden's going to be back in the top, I don't know. I mean, really, it's are they going to be back in the... I'm trying to, like, not... Like, the top four is hard because the top two spots are already taken. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, and the I'd say, middle six. Yeah. But, like, that seems awkward to say. But I think, I mean, like, they got relegated at the last World Championships. Like, so I think first they need to prove that they can, like, even compete with those top six because the last couple times that we've seen them, they haven't been able to. Mm-hmm. And I think they've got the talent to do so. I'm just, I'm, I am hesitant because of like what happened with the USA boycott and that we didn't get a lot of concrete details about what was going to change. And so I'm afraid that like, I don't know. I wish, I just wish we knew more details, but that's fine. Um, I mean, we did get, we did get more details than we did with USA hockey. Compensation for loss of salary while with the national team, medal bonuses, and an additional bonus if the team rejoins the top tier after being relegated at the last World Championships. Yeah. So it's a lot of incentivizing. Um, The press release had more. I just didn't put it in the article because it was 9 a.m. and I was tired. Um, And, like, the the press release from the Swedish Ice Wow, the Swedish Ice Hockey Association mentioned that those were the important parts. Um, 
as well as some stuff about insurance, which was big too. And there were other parts of the Swedish national teams, like 10 improvement point plan that came Mm. out after the initial for the future announcement, um, such as travel planning, um, clothes meant for women, a better player development pipeline, um, just more respect that I'd be willing to bet were baked into there. Otherwise I think they wouldn't have. Yeah. Then they wouldn't have come to terms with them. Right. Um, Cause obviously they were very fine with boycotting. They had an entire tournament canceled during the boycott. Um, they didn't attend another. So they, when they started the boycott, they were supposed to go on a training camp to go to a tournament in Finland, which they just didn't go to. And then because the boycott was continuing, they canceled ouch, Four Nations, which was supposed to be in... Ow, I don't know why I suddenly have the hiccups. <laughs> Not even like the hiccups, like air stuck. Ew. You need to take a minute. Um, no, I'm good. I think I was like talking too fast. Okay. The air forgot to come out. Um, they canceled the, the Four Nations tournament that was supposed to be in Sweden in early November. Um, so it felt like they weren't willing to budge on much or they were willing to give up a lot to get what mm-hmm. they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we don't know a ton of details, just based on knowing the timing of it all, I yeah. would wager a guess that they got much of what they wanted. Yeah, that's fair. I guess getting what they want is one thing. Whether that will translate to on-ice success quickly is, I think, what I'm a little less sure about. Like, incentives to win is good, but there's a lot to undo with what Leaf Bork did with this team that I think might take a little bit, especially considering how a lot of the rest of the teams at at the national level have kind of risen up throughout the years. Yeah, that was part of one of their 10-point improvement plans or 10 improvement point plans, point whatever, um, <laughs> was that other countries have really been putting money into their developmental programs mm-hmm. um, and their, I guess, their quote-unquote pipeline, and Sweden hadn't been doing that. Uh, so it was just kind of the talent was floundering or having to leave and potentially not being able to come back or coming back and being out of the quote-unquote pipeline that did exist. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's going to be an immediate thing. Um, I guess by the Olympics, which would be in, what, three years? Four years? Three years? Three. 2020, 2022. So, yeah, three, three years. years. Two and a half years. Um, maybe by the Olympics, but... I'm going to say prominence? No. Mediocrity seems harsh. Competent. Competence, Competent. Yes. Will they be competent by the next Olympics? Yes. They will, they will be competitive in that middle six. Yes. How they will finish in that middle six is TBD. Uh, uh, I'm, I really hope that they can prove me wrong and prove us wrong because there's talent there. It's just... There's been so much disappointment for so long. Yeah. I think it's possible, but granted anything is possible, but I think the biggest (laughs) thing is like 
undoing whatever Leaf did yeah. in terms of like player development and player deployment and systems. Um, I just that if you have the same set of players, which is not necessarily easy at this point of a cycle, you know, mm-hmm. there's possibility that they could come beyond that. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be as immediate as might need be. Piggybacking a little bit off that, another one of Matt's questions was, <sighs> sorry, um, another one of Matt's questions was about the expansion of the rivalry series um, because Four Nations was canceled this year. Um, and even though there's been an agreement with the Swedish Federation and the national team that has not been reinstated, there still won't be a Four Nations tournament this year. Um, USA and Canada announced a rivalry series, like a joint training camp. Well, they announced the rivalry series a while ago. Yeah, and so they announced something different, but kind of in a... No, I mean, they announced a joint rivalry camp, which is when Four Nations was supposed to be happening. Um, November, like early November, like the 4th through the 10th or something like that. Um, And then, and they had previously announced two rivalry series stops with probably more planned um, in Hartford, Connecticut, and um, somewhere in California. The exact location is slipping my brain right now. Um, and then this joint practice and joint, I don't know, training camp in Pittsburgh, which includes yeah. open practices, two exhibition games, and Lloyd knows who actually is showing up there because the press <sighs> release said something to the effect of, like, noted stars such as will be there. Hillary um, Knight and Kendall Coyne Showfield, and then nobody else. Oh, some of the top players are expected to descend on the training camp, <laughs> including Kendall Coyne Schofield, Amanda Kessel, and Hillary Knight. The use of the word descend there is really funny to me. Super weird. And, like, knowing that November is, like, school season, and well, there's yeah. a... But I mean, that's it's, that's been a thing with Four Nations too, right? Yeah, but it's just like if 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 top players, including, are expected to attend, who else is going to attend? Because what other players are there that aren't in? Well, not, there's other players, but who like? It makes it sound like there's going to be like it's going to be like big like, like this youth tournament camp kind of thing, like the next generation, but like the next generation's in college. So weirdly phrased. U18 team members? No, 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 no. Like, like, um. No, I know you're talking about college kids, but like if they, if, well, I guess they'll be in school too, but. But they won't be in the NCAA. So like, I don't know if they're in the East Coast, maybe. I mean, it's a six day camp that runs over a week. Can somebody, um, like can a, USA Hockey write a letter to their teachers saying, please excuse so-and-so for the USA Canada training camp? Um, so, I don't know. That joint thing is super weird. But what was the question before I got distracted talking about question, how weird the joint the question thing was? was? What did we thought on, or what were our thoughts on the expansion of the rivalry series? Which I thought meant this training camp thing. But mm. I'm now wondering if it means something different. I mean... If the rivalry series and the training camp are two separate things, 
Yeah, I don't think they're like... I think the rivalry series was planned and then Four Nations got cancelled and they're like, oh fuck, what do we do? We have these players. So I guess I don't understand what the question is. I'm stepping out of the podcast a little bit. What What is... Do you know what this question is? Um, like, I mean, the rivalry series last season in 2018-2019 was only three games. Okay. And now it's supposed to be two. It's supposed to be five, I think. Okay. Over 2019-2020. The USA Hockey site says there should be two in December and three in February, but we only have one in December and one in February so far. And it's Anaheim, California. There you go. I mean, eh. it's more games. So that's exciting. More people will get to watch. Um, I just, I, the rivalry, there's like rivalry time is now, like barnstorming national team tours. I'm like waving my hands around like <laughs> someone's watching me and I don't, I can't stop. Um, they've never really done much for me. I just, I guess I could see the idea in that like, it's putting media coverage on them. But, like, let's be real. It's really not. Yeah, Every time part... they play, people drop in. The same stories are being written. Well, yeah, it's the same narrative over yeah. and over. It's like the media are coming and writing the same story. Like, it feels like, and I don't know, maybe it's just because we've been covering it. It's It's tiring. Like, I know it's exciting when you're going to a new city that maybe hasn't had a USA Canada game before and new people get to see from a fan perspective, but like it's the same old USA Canada best rivalry in hockey inspiring the youth of tomorrow, X, Y, Z, yada, yada stuff. I just like, and it'd be one thing too, if it like advanced their club teams or the PWHPA, but they barely know how to talk about the club teams when there was, like, the CWHL. How are they going to know, like, how to talk about the PWHPA in a competent manner that doesn't break down everything they've everything that's going on? I can barely talk about... Someone's like, oh, what are you doing? Going to the, Like, what's the PWHPA? And I'm like, I don't know. How long do you have? <laughs> like, it's just... <sighs> yeah. That's assuming there's even broadcasters. That, too. Like... The, the two games, like you said, are, are in cities that don't typically get these type of events. Hartford, Connecticut, and Anaheim, California. I just... Uh, like, good on USA Hockey and Hockey Canada for bringing the game to new places, but also, like, just invest in a league. I'm excited for the fans that will get to see them. And I guess for the players who will get to face off against each other. But other than that, I'm not really super enthused about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not, mm. not enthused at all about it. Is that wrong to say? No, I just like, I, I don't so. know. When I saw that I was going to be on vacation for the one in Hartford, I wasn't heartbroken. What would you, so you'd rather have, like, there be a league instead? I was going to say, what would you rather have? Yeah, I mean, like. I guess this is kind of getting away from, like, the question and what we were talking about. But just, like, 
that effort and energy could be put into like funding a league Mm. or like helping to start i don't know i'd be i'd even be okay and i know i know four nations is canceled and i know you just can't call up national teams and have like polite like games but like Let's do a rematch with Finland after the last world championship, like, gold medal game. Let's, like, do things with other teams that aren't, aren't just USA, Canada. Yeah. Which I, I know like is, that is a little more logistically issues. Yeah, it is a lot easier said than done. Yeah. But if we're, if we're saying things that don't necessarily have to be in the normal <laughs> possibility, that's what I'd like. Um, I feel like them putting money into a league is more within the realm of possibility than like, <laughs> replanning for a Four Nations tournament. You know? Yes. Because, like, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's the, just... The crazy. U.S. National Development Team exists for the guys. I know that's younger yeah. players, but, like, it is that is funded, I'm assuming, by USA Hockey. I say I have no idea what the USA NDT. I don't even know the acronym for it. I just feel like it's great and all, and, like, I get trying to expand the game, but I just, I don't know. Um, what 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 does it do besides, how does it expand the game year-round? Yes. And long-term? It does not. Especially because, like, I get that the Hillary Knights, the Marie Phillips, the, the, the Lamaru twins, the... Casey Bellamy is the the Brianna Deckers. Those are the names people. Those are the names people can latch on to really easily, and those are the names that will drive fans to games. Mm-hmm. But those aren't going to be the players. I don't want to say in the next Olympics, but those aren't going to be the players in eight years in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But and having this rivalry series at these like during college are not giving mm, the okay. younger players that we need that people need to get used to seeing to like quote unquote change the guard that's not giving people the opportunity to do that it's just trotting out the same old players over and over again you know what i mean like am I making yes any sense? yes that makes a ton of sense yeah and like so you drop into hartford you drop into anaheim you drop into chicago have one of these like barnstorming one-off things and then you leave and everybody forgets about it it's a very short-term short-term thing you're not looking at the long game and like I don't know for me at this point in women's hockey the momentum needs to be built on pushing the ball farther maybe slower Mm -hmm. but like, not just, like, trying to make the ball really big right now. <laughs> like, like, a snowball metaphor and just had to, like, keep rolling with it. I think that's what it turned into. I think, is the, is the end goal to build a snowman? Is that what we're trying to get here? I don't know. Do you want to build a snowman? Oh. We or ride our bikes around the hall? I should have seen that this was going to turn into a frozen reference as soon as snowball was brought up, but okay. I think some company is overdue. <laughs> Because I've started talking to the pictures on the wall. We used to be best buddies. And now we're not. I wish you would tell me why. This got weird fast. (laughs) It was just you continuing 
quoting the song. There was nowhere else to go. Well, I was going to stop after that verse, and then you kept going. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We've been on this question a long time. Let's pick a different one. Do you want to build a snowman? Michelle? I just had to finish the thing. Up this it was like right now. The melody hadn't been resolved. And it was bothering me. Are you done? Do you need yeah, to say anymore? No, I'm good. The okay. It resolved itself in my head. Michelle, how excited are you for the AHL NWHL doubleheader? Um, I mean, okay. So it's the same well, thing to me. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get that it's like exposing the NWHL to a new market in Bridgeport and potentially new fans because I've always thought that the AHL and the NWHL is a good partnership because they both focus on like a little bit more of a family-friendly environment. The ticket prices are usually closer in range than the NHL and the NWHL. It's it's more family-friendly environments, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. As an AWHL, nope, as an AHL employee, feel free to yes. correct me if I'm totally wrong. No, I would um, agree. And so for me, that partnership makes a ton of sense. But that partnership with Bridgeport and the Whale made sense last season mm-hmm. when they were playing in Stamford, which was a lot closer to Bridgeport than Duxbury. Nope, Danbury is. <laughs> Duxbury is a town in Massachusetts um, than Danbury is. And yeah. so my biggest fear is that they – Fans that they draw to Bridgeport aren't going to be the same fans that will be able to go to Danbury. Danbury. Yeah. Yeah, that's all fair. I just got excited because I feel like the AHL and the NWHL, like, as a partnership does make more sense for the reasons that you said. But this this feels, it's probably going to be more of a one-off. Um much like we talked about with the USA Canada thing, it's looking more short term. I get getting new fans in seats, which is nice. And also like the Bridgeport Arena is so pretty. Like it's one of my favorites. It's such a nice rink. But I'll probably I'm excited because I'm an AHL employee, but I also understand how it's just kinda like, meh. It's nice. But like what's the long term goal here? Okay, hold on. I'm looking up how far the difference is. Okay, From so Bridgeport to Stamford, where they played last year, was mm-hmm. 20 minutes. 28 okay. minutes. Sorry, I can't read that number. It's 28 minutes. Danbury to Bridgeport was 48. So it's an extra 20 minutes. That's not as much as I thought. I thought it was going to be like two hours. I just... It's still, it's still farther. Yeah. It doesn't, it's still it's still twice the travel time. It's weirdly eight... Eight miles of a difference. Eight slow miles. Yeah. But, like, that kind of makes a difference, you know? Yeah. A 20-minute um, drive is a lot easier to take than a 40, 50-minute drive. Yeah. And that's, okay, I'm looking at these times at 8.45 at night. Yes. When the lines also. are blue. So there's no yes. traffic. That's what I yes. mean by blue. Um, yes. I just... That was my biggest worry from knowing that drive is that it's mm-hmm. not exactly conducive. Mm-hmm. You had a question, Michelle, that you wanted to ask. Do you want to jump to that? Yeah. You had a couple questions. Okay. I guess we'll like keep going on this one because it kind of like rolls into everything. It's like, 
I asked Alyssa this last week in the first half of the episode, um, but where where do you see the PWHPA and the Dream Gap Tour going in the future? Uh, Alyssa took this as like a near future, like a year or currently type of question, but um, can also be expanded out into the long future. Mm-hmm. What did Alyssa say last week? Alyssa, um, Alyssa's answer was really interesting and something I hadn't really thought of. Well, I guess I had a little bit, but um, she talked about, um, I guess, solidifying the Dream Gap Tour teams um, and giving fans something more to latch on to, making it more like a league with multiple stops um, or with touring stops, kind of like the, um, the uh, Premier Lacrosse League does. Mm. Uh, you know, having solidified rosters with team names and team colors and team jerseys and um, just having fans be able to latch on to that rather than have the group of Montreal players be team Poulin one weekend and then team night the next weekend and then then all be spread out on different teams for um, the Chicago weekend. Those are, it's a tangible thing that fans can attach themselves to Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was really interesting and really smart. And she also mentioned just like being more thoughtful with the marketing, especially um, in Toronto. She brought up that there was no like real signage anywhere. Um, that like you kind of just had to know somebody who knew about it to be able mm-hmm. to know about it or like have happened to listen to something that talked about it. Um we we have talked about this before, but like there was no stumble upon ability, stumble, mm-hmm. whatever. Stumble I upon it. stumble upon this. Stumble upon this, yeah. Um, and just having a more coordinated marketing impact um, or marketing plan to to really get the word out there. Um, the that, PL, yeah. the PLL is an interesting like model to try and replicate and. I feel like the PWHPA and the Dream Gap Tour was kind of thrown together quickly. And so as a result of that, maybe some of the marketing stuff, there wasn't able to be as much coordination or organization as players would have liked. But if you give them another year, and like I do think getting more solid teams nailed down would be good. If you have names, if you have logos, then you can make merch and you can sell that. If they can find, I mean, they've been getting big sponsors like Budweiser and Duncan and a variety of others to like put their names on the PWHAP. Oh my God, too many words, too many letters. PWHPA um, tour. If they want to continue, my worry is that these big organizations will do this for one year and Mm -hmm. then fall off and then won't come back. In a perfect world, they could help fund I guess essentially a better league, but I'm kind of like, is this just going to turn into the CWHL 2.0? Like, what is this? What is this going to be? Because mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what it feels like. If you're going to get more teams together and put it's it's the CWHL, basically. Yeah, I just in, in a in a way. That's definitely something that I thought about too. Is that like okay, so it's a year, and and then what? what happens after that and what do these sponsors, these big name sponsors think? Yeah. Um, we've talked about this before, 
you know, are these just one-off sponsors? Are these long-term sponsors? And something that I've been thinking about is how are these sponsors who are giving money, presumably, um, and, and have business considerations of their own when doing so is how are they measuring a quote unquote success? Mm -hmm. Um, what are they using as a benchmark to say, yes, we are getting a good return on our investment from this or no, we're not getting a good return on our investment from this. Mm -hmm. Um, because that was one of the big problems with the CWH problems with the CWHL. Yeah, I guess is the way to say that. Um, and why they lost a lot of their funding is that the sponsors that they had weren't getting a good enough return on their investment, and so they said, "No, we're done. Um, we want to see what else is out there." And as a nonprofit, they relied on those sponsorship monies, and when they didn't get it, that was all they wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean for the future? I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of wait and see. Yeah. I, I would hope, I guess, for, for, for the future of the Dream Gap Tour, I would hope that if they do it again next year, it is a little more organized and we they have time to market it more comprehensively. Um, but we'll see. Um. Did you want to ask your other question? Oh, sure. Um, who has the best social game in women's hockey? Now, when I read this, I thought teams. But are you talking players? Uh, anybody. It's wide-ranging. Neither of them exist anymore, but I think Calgary and Toronto in the CWHL last year were excellent from a team perspective from a player perspective I really enjoyed just Madison Packer and Anya Bettiglino just because mm-hmm. of the, vo- the volume that they post on social <laughs> also any player who has a pet who posts pictures of their pet oh McLevman I would oh, be remiss if I didn't say McLevman uh, they're so good even though they're like broken up now like Broken up. They make them sound like they're a band. Um, well, McLovin was mine. Sorry. I said, I put like, I said like five things. You can take McLovin. Um, so now I'm trying to, now I'm trying to rethink as fast as I can. But it's not going very well in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> um, uh, Liz Knox actually is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, mad at you right now. Just so you know, you can take McLevin. Uh, fine. I'm just gonna do McLevin. Um, the Packers are good, like you said. Um, Shannon when she posts about her dog mm. is always yes. a good one. Um. Kelsey Newman is also great. And Amanda mm-hmm. Levier, though I guess that's two thirds of McLovin. <laughs> well they're just good they're just good at social period. Yeah. Um I'm well I guess 
Uh, I guess added on, maybe this is where I thought of this question and I wasn't as original as I thought I was. Uh, but the NWHO announced a partnership with Open Doors, um, yes. which is basically a way for them to um, get the players' content for social media easier. The NHL is using the same thing. And I think the ECH, ECHL is as well. Um, yes. So I'll be interested to see how players' social does, players' individual social pages do after this um, or with this because the way it's described is that um, Lee can create content using uh, videos, GIFs from big plays, photos, and then write copy for them. Um, and the players can, can tweak the copy themselves too. And then with a the push of a button, they can post it on the socials, on nice. the socials, on their social channels. Um, and, but my, I guess my worry is that if you're just throwing stuff out there, if people are responding, are you also engaging them back then? Mm-hmm. You know, for, for me, I think that's more of a players who are active on social media already can continue to do what they're doing. Yeah. But I think for players who maybe aren't as active, it's an easier way for them to engage with minimal effort that yeah. will put content in front of more eyeballs. Um, and I think it's also that- supposed to, um, help with them getting endorsements and dealing with like the sponsored tweets and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great, which is a great opportunity for them. Maybe that's how I thought of that question. Cause that was announced today <laughs> and I've been thinking about social media and sports a lot. Mm-hmm. As you do. Yes. As, as I am often doing. <laughs> um, any other questions in here that you really wanted to answer? We want to do some Star Bench Cuts? Sure. Star Bench Cut. Fujimoto, Fujimajari, Raisinen. This one's just unfair. I'm going to start Raisinen. I'm going to bench Fujimoto and cut Fujimajari. I think that's also my answer. I'm a little back and forth between Raisinen and Fujimoto, but I think I have to start Raisinen. Yeah. Oh, how did he phrase this? It wasn't start bench cut. It was like, keep, thrift, donate. I think it was closet. Closet, thank you. Keep, closet, donate. Season one, Riveters jersey. Season three, Whale jersey. Season two, Buffalo jersey. The baby blues. Oh yeah, with the black yolks. Mm-hmm. Um, and season one. season one ribs was white, and season three whale jersey was also white. Um, I loved the whales white jerseys, so that's gonna be my start. My bench is gonna be ribs season one. And my cut is going to be Buttes season three, season two. Season two. Season two. Because I think that was the year they had those like weird patches. Like the the jerseys were like patches on there and they just looked weird. See, I was thinking about starting the Buttes jersey because I loved the baby blue so much. Even though it was like a weird application like, that wasn't just a Buttes thing. I think that was a league-wide yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think I'm going to start the Buttes. I'm going to bench the Ribs season one, and I'm going to cut the Whale. I love all three of them, but like the Whale or the the Ribs and the Buttes for me are classics. And so is the Whale. It's like, it's just very close. That's my answer. I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Michelle, where can we we find you on Twitter? Excuse me. You can find me on Twitter at at Michelle underscore J-A-Y-3. Where can we find you on Twitter, Hannah? You can find me at Hannah underscore Beavis1, B-E-V-I-S. Thank you to everybody who submitted us questions, even if we did not get to them on the show. Um, We'll keep them in our back pocket and maybe bring them out later. Um, If you ever have a question that you want us to answer, tweet it at Michelle and I using the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. Same for any Star Bench cuts or if you have any trivia you want us to answer on the show, um, DM that to Michelle or I or tweet us. Um, We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.